Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on His side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. And hello, Las Vegas. Happy Thursday to you. We've got a lot coming up in today's program. We're going to start off in just a few minutes with an interview with a candidate for Nevada's 3rd Congressional District, Michelle Mortensen. For those of you that live on the south side of town, Summerlin, and then some of Northwest, uh, you would be in District 3. So we're going to talk with her in just a few minutes. But before we get to that... Let me just remind you that you're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church here in Las Vegas. Our next services will be Sunday morning, 9.30 and 11.15 this Sunday. And a reminder, not this Sunday, the next one. Sunday the 22nd is when our connection classes will begin again. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a minute with Michelle Mortensen, candidate for Congress in Nevada's 3rd District. Welcome back. We're talking today to Michelle Mortensen. She is a candidate for Congress in District 3 here in Las Vegas. Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so let's just start with where is District 3? Before I even get into like <laughs> who you are, some people are listening. They're like, I don't know what that even means. So... Absolutely. So it's a very, um, so Nevada is divided into four districts. And right. so uh, District 3 includes everything from as far south as Prim, Laughlin, Searchlight, Boulder City, Henderson, Green Valley, Mountain's Edge, Summerlin, and parts of even um, Las Vegas proper. This is where that whole gerrymandering thing, I don't know if right, you're familiar sure. with that um, term, but they, they divide up the state and these lines are very arbitrary and they yes. kind of, you know, they go, turn right here, turn left here, yeah. zigzag. <laughs> and so one of the best things I always do, I say is, you know, there's this website, I believe it's called findmyrepresentative.com. Mm -hmm. You can go there, type in your zip code. And if there's a little bit of question like, ooh, that zip code's half district three and half district one, type in your exact address and they yeah. will tell you what district you're is in. Is there like a cross street? Like, I mean, I'm so you didn't mention North Vegas, but you did say Summerlin. So do you get like into the Northwest area or is that where the, you got to basically Google Parts it to find out? Parts of it. Parts so of it, okay. <laughs> You usually like to say it's a uh, Summerlin Parkway and below and everything around the 215, 215 West and, and a little bit around 215 okay. East. But there's this part of Sun City, uh, Summerlin. <laughs> a little like whoop, offshoot uh, that is also part of it. So it's not cut and dry. I mean, if you're okay. in Henderson, come Definitely. on now. Boulder sure. City, come on now. Green Valley, Mountain's Edge, these are kind of like given. Okay. If you live at Red Rock Country Club, if you live at Spanish Hills, uh, I've gotten to know some of the neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go and walk them all the time. You're like, yes. yeah, I know where you're at. Yes. Uh, but it, it really is best to look. Because yeah. even now in this conversation, people are like, wait, what? Wait, you're like, wait, do I live there? I don't even know if that's where I live. So what, it's uh, Find My Representative? Uh, I believe it's Find My Representative. I think it's a .gov, but I would instinctively want to sure. say .com. But I feel I, like if you put in Google Find My Representative, it would probably bring it right up, right? That's literally how I find it. There we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, tell us about Michelle. Tell us about Michelle running for Congress. I mean, obviously, the rest of us, we don't know you as this congressional candidate. We've seen you on TV, but now 
it's Congress. So tell us about tell us about you. What led you to this point? Yeah, um, I was. Uh, I always knew that I was going to go into TV news and I was going to go into politics. Sure. It was when um, I was 11 years old. That was a really um, monumental year for me. Uh, so I went to a very small private school from the time I was two to 18, Valley Christian. And in sixth mm-hmm. grade, we really focused on uh, the presidential election at the time. I'm letting y'all know how old I am now. <laughs> in that that was Bush Quayle, and um, I fell in love with that uh, the political process I fell in love with Bush Quayle and I was like I'm gonna run for office one day yeah and then a few months later the Tiananmen Square incident unfolded and I was Mm -hmm. watching CNN and I said wow I want to go into journalism too that's power I thought Bernard Shaw sharing the stories of these young kids um, trying to fight for democracy you've got to watch a kid stand up in front of a tank I mean it was it was very dramatic and I thought wow uh, Bernard Shaw's making a difference Mm -hmm. and so I said every day from sixth grade on that I was going to be a politician and a TV journalist and the reason when you go to small private school um, you really know your teachers and your classmates (laughs) well I mean my class was a class (laughs) of 45 and everyone from Valley Christian says you're the only kid we ever knew who said exactly what they were going to do and, and actually doing it sure so i got into tv and uh was in tv started in louisiana then went to arkansas texas new york vermont everywhere in, in wow. between and uh, eventually got married in vermont and uh didn't know if my tv career was going to continue because i married a pastor so i thought mm-hmm. we would definitely be um full-time ministry from sure. then on out sure. i did stay in tv we were church planners in texas and then we had this opportunity to come to vegas we felt that's where god was calling us mm-hmm Channel 8 was an amazing part of my career, but around uh, two years ago, I was beginning to think that maybe it was time for a change, time for Mm -hmm. a shift, and, uh, you know, it was in July of 2017 that we were in church, and uh, Bishop Willington Boone was preaching, and I just felt I'm supposed to do this, and my husband felt the same, and a friend of ours came up right after service, and he said, Michelle, I just really believe it's time, so we started just putting feelers out there. To see if it was. And we had to agree as a household that this is what God wanted us (laughs) to do. And uh, we took the risk. And, and and here you are, yeah. running around, door knocking, doing <laughs> interviews. Living the dream. Living the dream. That's right. <laughs> a little different than Channel 8, right? You get to win seven Emmys and be on TV and everybody's like, oh, Michelle is awesome. And now people are like, do we like Michelle? Yes. We don't really know. I'm just now we, no, no, no. It's like, <laughs> we liked Michelle on TV, but now she's a Republican and we hate her. Right, right. And we were talking about that a little bit before we came on the program is that people... They know you as this TV personality, but they they don't know about your family, say, or the fact that you are a Republican or that you're a pastor's wife, that you yourself are ordained. So tell us a little bit about your family and maybe things that people wouldn't know about you just because all they see is Michelle on TV. Right, right. Um, so we've been married. Uh, Bob and I have been married for about 10 and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I think most of y'all um, saw me uh, give birth to both of my children because I came to Channel 8 uh, unexpectedly pregnant. And uh, so y'all watched me give birth to Greer. And then about two and a half years later, um, I got even bigger. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I had my second baby, Reagan. They are six and three. And it's always a delight when um, people who watch me on TV come up to me and they go, you're just so much thinner in person and in their mind they only see me as that pregnant lady because I was literally (laughs) pregnant on TV forever (laughs) Uh, so yeah so I mean we're we've got I've got young kids Uh, we're we're a uh, we're not a young couple in in, in any way shape or form I mean ten and a half years is is we've been married a long time Um, but uh, we had kids later uh, because like I said they they told me I couldn't have children it was actually Mm. a miracle that 
That's awesome. I did. Um, and so uh, love my kids, love yeah. my family. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about Congress. Yeah. This is kind of a big deal, right? Like you're just going to run for Congress. But, you know, people aren't uh, people aren't real happy with Congress all the time lately. So from your perspective, if you were going to Congress right now, what are, say, two to three things that you think Congress should be working on right now or that you would want to see worked on if you get there? Well, you know, um, I we you're listening to this you might say gosh uh, you know Michelle and I don't have much in common she was on TV I just watched TV mm. actually we all have a lot in common yeah just because I was the one on the air and you were the one watching it we all saw the same thing happen sure and that was politician after politician during election cycles come to you and promise a whole lot of hope yeah. a whole lot of change I'm gonna yeah. do this that and the other and then they get there something happens and it's like <laughs> wow <laughs> That was an about face. You know, I've heard yeah. from so many Republicans that uh, they don't believe in government funding for Planned Parenthood. But my good golly, Miss Molly, that omnibus oh, bill. Oh, look, we just did it. That they just yeah. signed that just totally increased our def debt and deficit again. It also gave even more funding yeah. to Planned Parenthood. Yep. So, see, these are the things that kind of bloat my mind. So mm -hmm. one, of, one of the first things I want to do when I get to Congress is I want to be a voice of truth. And sure. speak the truth, even if it's hard, if it's not easy, mm -hmm. and be authentic. Because yeah. I just feel like we've lost so much authenticity over there. Right. And there's something about, um, I didn't love this term at first, but there's something about the swamp sure. uh, that corrupts. There's something about the desire for power, the need for power. It can get into your head. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reasons we have Jesus as an example of what a true servant leader is is because he did serve. He washed right. his disciples' feet. Right. He was not power hungry. Mm -hmm. And I think we often underestimate how captivating and intoxicating power can be. Yeah. Power and fame. I mean, I've been on sure. TV my entire adult life, and I can admit that, too. It can be intoxicating. Mm -hmm. So I don't fault people who go there with the best of intentions, and then they kind of... Right. Right. They just get sucked, sucked in, if in. you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we need to demand more than that. And I feel sure. like we've reached a stage in society where we don't demand integrity. We don't demand character. We don't demand any of that. And I feel like it's time that like we the people kind of rise up and, and do that. Um, and so that's one of the things I want to do. But my gosh. I, so I kind of touched on a little bit. I'm really into a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like most people probably are or if they're not they should be like if you can't pay your bills it's that's kind right. of a problem and then you don't just keep spending money because you realize you don't have it and you can't go print more or anything you know well if you do that as a family as your household <laughs> you're going to eventually go bankrupt right which is a big problem but and evidently america isn't too <laughs> worried about that they're like no we can just spend 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 yeah um, so I, I, I really would love to have the opportunity to tackle that issue. I am a big person about the issue of health care. Mm. Um, I felt like in 2017 in particular, you know, while I was working at Channel 8, you would have to look to the left and the right, far and wide, to try to find yeah. a Republican who would even speak on the issue. Sure. And what I saw time and time again were liberals and the liberal media uh, speaking about the issue but never speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, you know, you just hear that, you know, Medicare for all would be great. Medicaid for all. It's going to be amazing. We're going to provide, provide, provide. Well, I did stories all the time at Channel 8. Uh, one on a little boy who was born with no arms and no legs, needed a wheelchair desperately, mm -hmm. and Medicaid denied him one wow. six times. Wow. So how is that meeting the need? Right. 
and right. we're completely out of budget. And we already know yeah. that Social Security is going to be insolvent in 17 years. Medicare is yes. on that track as well. So how can you not address these issues? I yeah. not this put your head in the sand and like, it's just going to be okay. Yeah. And I'm not a Bernie Sanders who tells you what you want to hear and says, you get a free college, mm-hmm. you get a free car, you get a free this. Uh, you, <laughs> it's like a I've never Bernie heard described Oprah. that way, but that's perfect. <laughs> um, but you know, you you've got to you've got to tackle these issues, and you've got to yeah. be brave enough to do it. And unfortunately, I just feel like not a lot of people there are brave enough to tackle it because yeah. you'll even watch in 2018. What will the House of Representatives do this year? I challenge you. Like, I think you should do, like, a daily clock. Like, did they do anything mm-hmm. today? Did they do anything today? Because they're not going to they're not going to it's an, election it's an election year. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I feel like you, in a lot of ways, are what you just said is a perfect embodiment of what you've been doing, right? With Channel 8, you were doing on your side. Like you said, you did the you, – you talked to actual people and dealt with government bureaucracy and how to work – not around it, but almost through it and actually get solutions, right? Absolutely. You know, some of my opponents like to always bring up that I'm unproven, that I haven't won an election before. So, you know, I'm not a winner. Um, But I won so many battles. For actual people. For actual people. (laughs) Yeah. So I always retort with them, okay, well, tell me what you did for the people of Southern Nevada, Mm. because I'm the one who got them their Social Security disability benefits when no one else could. I'm the one who took on the pharmaceutical companies when people needed medication. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who helped people get their homes out of wrongful foreclosure during the housing crisis yeah. so I'm sorry what did you do <laughs> I, you know and I know that's a little that is a little biting and I can be a little biting and gritty I mean that's what 18 years of TV will teach you how to do yeah. um, so some people are probably like well that wasn't very Christian um, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take it to that level but I do like to look at, at facts yeah. and that's the journalist in me yeah. you, you do have to look at, at the facts even if they're uncomfortable and mm-hmm. sometimes the truth is uncomfortable Right. And and all of that said, I think, you know, this this race, <laughs> I think, is one of Nevada's hardest or most difficult because I think we have a lot of good people. Unfortunately, I think too many good people that have all kind of thrown their hat into this one ring. And so there's going to be there's going to be good people that obviously aren't going to win because we can only have one winner. Right. right. So without um, without us getting into specific names or or anything like that, I would say. My next question would be, what is it that you would think, well, I think we've gone into it already pretty well, but what is it that you think separates you from, say, the other good people in this race? Because there are, I I think no matter who wins the Republican primary here, we're going to have a good candidate because I think we have very good uh, options. But there's differences. So what would you say would be like the main differences between you and, say, your your opponents in the primary? Sure. um, I think one of the things that I bring to the table is that I am proven. Many people watched me on TV five days a week for six years straight, every single morning, and I was on multiple times a day. So you can't sit there and say, gosh, I don't know if that girl can get things done. Mm. Gosh, I don't know if that girl keeps her word. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I don't know if she is what she says she is. No, you watched it. And if you didn't watch it because you watched another station, which is fine, you can go on. <laughs> Which you can say now because you're no longer at Channel yes, 8. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, you could go online and you can watch all of the things that I did. Um, I also have that very interesting media perspective. So mm-hmm. if you listen to General Mattis, if you listen to Ali North, if you even read The Art of War, one of the things they will tell you is that if you want to be able to defeat an enemy, you actually have to know an enemy. And I know right. a lot of us feel, um, as Christians, as conservatives, that the media works against us. Mm. That they have a certain narrative, and that it's very hard for a lot of people to flip that narrative. 
I completely agree. If you look at Congress, there are very few people who know anything about how to deal with the media, how to speak to the media, how to deliver a soundbite. That's and you true. might say, well, that's a little, you know, that's a little harsh. But it is a skill set. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why people who know the media well often do well in politics. Right. Because we now talk to people through television. It goes back as far as uh, 1960 mm -hmm. when Kennedy and Nixon did that debate. If you listen on radio, you thought Nixon won. If you watched on TV, you thought Kennedy, Kennedy won. Sure. There is something to be said for that. So if you have opponents who, well, let's just be honest, aren't good TV, how are they going to communicate your message well? And I guess right. the last thing I do is, um, so I've always been very active on social media. And so many people have told me when I'm pounding the pavement, you know, I called Senator so-and-so or Congressman so-and-so and I just got a form letter. No one gets back to me. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I hold these open forums, almost like town halls. I go right. live on Twitter. I go live on Facebook. Um, we engage. And I'm not just engaging with people who agree with me because, quite honestly, that's what a lot of social media does. It's let me hear what I believe and, yes. and, and only my little network. No, I want to hear from the people who don't agree with me. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from the Democrats. I want to hear from the non-Christians. I want to hear from the people who are pro-choice. I want to hear from all that. Because if we don't, and we don't start engaging, and we don't form a community, yeah. we're never going to have unity. There's right. no such thing as unity where all of us are going to like link arm in arm and sing kumbaya and be like, wow, we don't disagree about anything. Right. Come right. on now. We have that many. How many denominations do we have? And we yeah. all believe that Jesus is Lord, right? Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're never all going to agree. But when you have community. Mm -hmm. You really get unity, and you only get community when you're willing to listen sure. and you're willing to engage. Sure. And that's that, that well, this is a whole other topic, but it's, having, it's about having a conversation rather than a confrontation, which is what our political spectrum has just become into this. And social media is just a battleground of people throwing dirt Stuff. at each other, and it's just not cool. Okay. But that's, I, I love your answer. I love that we can't have community without unity. And it's like written right in the words. So how anyone could not see that is, is mind blowing. But all right, so let's bring it, let's bring it back here real quick here. Uh, as we start to wrap things up, we've talked about what you would do nationally, what you would think in Congress. We talked about uh, healthcare issues and things like that. What about District 3? What do you think is a big issue for specifically District 3 right now? I mean, yes, obviously health care and abortion and all these things. But is there anything that you think District 3 specifically that we need good representation because of this issue in District 3? I, I do. I think there's two primary issues. Um, we have a huge veterans population. And mm. while a lot of the veterans population, because of Nellis's location, is mm -hmm. over in uh, District 1, uh, we have a huge veteran population in District yep. 3 as well. Yep. And uh, we had an amazing congressman in Joe Heck who did a phenomenal yes. job advocating and representing our veterans and getting things done for veterans. And um, we've lost that a bit. And so I think that needs to return, mm -hmm. and I want the veteran community. I have the endorsement of the Nevada Veterans Association. I want our veterans to know that uh, I will continue to be your voice. I did so many things for veterans when I was at Channel 8 that is just going to continue. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, and this is probably statewide, but CD3 has a, a, a zillion schools. Um, we need to Which do is like three more than a trillion. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is, yes. actually. Thanks That's for That's basically <laughs> where the debt level is at right now for anyone looking for a <laughs> reference point. Um, we need to deal with the issue of school safety. Mm. And I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old, so no one yeah. can come back at me and say that this is not an important issue. It sure. totally is an important issue. I uh, disagree with some. I don't believe that arming teachers is the way to go about that. 
mm-hmm. I don't want my daughter's kindergarten teacher back in heat. Um, I was at a high school in CD3, and the JRT, JRTC uh, people told me that they don't believe that teachers should be armed mm-hmm. either because they are constantly being brought in to break up fights, mm-hmm. and that if they were armed— But what I do believe we could do is if we reformed the Department of Education and instead of creating mandates for silly things like Common Core, we created block grants where we were able to actually give the money to the schools so that they could work on how to best uh, increase their security, whether that's bigger walls, whether that's camera systems, whether that's armed guards. The schools need money for that. Mm -hmm. So why doesn't the federal government do something like that and give control to the states and the districts themselves? Because what you need in Lubbock, Texas is totally different than what you need in in Las Las Vegas. Vegas. You can't make these, you know, blanket statements. And Mm -hmm. and I I say that that I am a very, very big proponent of the Second Amendment. And I believe in defending the First and the Second Amendment with all Mm -hmm. my life and with all my being. Um, But that said, we also have to realize that we need to keep our kids safe yes and uh and we we must do that and covering news over 18 years i've covered it all mm-hmm. i was there for october one mm-hmm. pulse shooting sandy hook yeah. so many more and then individual things that happened in in markets all over the country where i was at so sure. i've watched trauma unfold firsthand yeah. i have been traumatized by things that i've seen yeah. i know the realities of of what can happen. So I, I don't put my head in the sand with this one. And I think we need to have real conversations about it instead of political ones. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well said. All right. So tell us the, uh, tell us the important dates coming up. Oh. We need uh, registration when the primary actually is fill us in. Yes. If you haven't registered to vote yet, or you're not registered um, with the party that you want to primary with. Yes. Uh, that is a very Explain that for a minute, because some people don't comprehend how that works. Yeah, if you're a Californian, you probably think, hey, open primary, I can go vote for whomever I want. No, not here in Nevada. Um, If you want to vote in the Republican primary, you need to be a Republican. If you want to vote in the Democratic primary, you've got to be a Democrat. And here's where I'm going to blow your mind. If you are nonpartisan or independent or libertarian, (laughs) you don't get to vote. You basically (laughs) don't get to vote. You're going to get a ballot with just like a couple of judges and school board nonpartisan seats. You're not going to get anything else. So, um you really want to be one or the other. And uh, I believe the last day to register is around May 15th. There's different dates as to whether you're just changing your party affiliation and if you're doing right. it online right. and if you're doing, if it, you're in doing it in person. person. Because yes. we couldn't just make it easy and right. say it's May 15th. But, you know, whatever. Um, so I tell people May 15th because I know that's one of the, the biggest, you yes. know, like... I believe days. that is the, the main deadline. The main deadline. Day. Yeah. Well, by main deadline, it's... Yeah. And what's mm-hmm. even more hard to believe is that, you know, less than uh, like 11 days later on May 26th, is when early voting begins yes and you have uh like 10 days of that two weeks of that no two weeks of that and then on june 12th that is your that is the primary election yes yes so june 12th we'll know who the republican is going to be not only for cd3 and who the democrat's going to be for cd3 but for all of the races because a lot of people forget um Governor's race, lieutenant governor, AG, all of these mm-hmm. races are happening. But I think CD3 is of, one, of most importance, not just because it's mine, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the House of Representatives has identified CD3 as one of eight seats in the nation yes. that can be flipped yes. to help retain the majority. So, y'all, if you live in CD3, you are one of the most important voters yes. in the country. Literally, the <laughs> national parties are targeting you. Yes. So, um, and that's what's sad that this race hasn't gotten much national attention or even local that attention. That is surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, everyone's just kind of been like, oh, it's an open seat. No one cares. And yeah. that laissez faire attitude um, could hurt us because at the end of mm-hmm. the day, this seat is very important. And if we don't have the right candidate in there, 
Well, yeah. And unfortunately, I feel that this, that is something that we see often happen times in primaries. People wait to vote in the general election. They're like, how are these my choices? These are horrible choices. Well, you had a choice in the primary. You, just didn't you use get your to voice. choose who your candidate is in the primary. But as Michelle said, you need to be registered to vote for whichever party it is that you want to align yourself with. You cannot vote in that primary unless you are registered for that party. And if you want to vote for Michelle, you have to be a Republican because that's how you're running. Yes. And if you're a Christian right now and you're like, I'm not a Republican, I'm a Democrat. Guess what? That is totally OK. Yeah. I do hate that narrative. Right. That if you're Christian, you're automatically a Republican. Right. Because so when we pastored in Vermont, I met so many people in my church who were they loved Bernie Sanders. Yeah. They were diehard Democrats. Yeah. But they were some of the most amazing Christian people sure. I've ever known in my life. A woman sure. at that church named Mary White, who has since passed away, she changed my entire perspective mm. on that. No, it's not if you're a Christian, you're a Republican. They are not right. equated the same. So please right. know that if you're hearing this and you're like, I'm not a Republican, I don't like you, that is totally cool. And I don't yep. believe you are any less of a Christian, yes. any less saved because you're a Democrat. Please use your voice because we want great Democrat mm-hmm. candidates as well as great Republican candidates. Right. And I believe the evangelical community can be a huge part of that no matter what party you right. are. Right. With. And obviously here in Nevada, it's it's well, most places. But if you change over to vote in a Republican primary and you don't want to be a Republican, but say someone wants to vote for you so they can change over, become a Republican a week later, they can switch their affiliation back to Democrat if they want. Preach. It's, absolutely. It, there's nothing that says you must stay this for forever or no. even for more than a week, two or three I, weeks. I don't you know. Know, like, it's I don't, like kind of a month. You yeah. know, be a Republican, and then you can. Be and like, then you okay, can switch can back. Change. And then, obviously, in the general election, everyone gets to vote for whomever they want, regardless of what it says on your uh, voter registration card. So that is not an issue for anyone who might be interested. We are having uh, voter registration drives here at our church every Sunday, I believe, April twenty second through May thirteenth. Yeah, so through Mother's Day, we'll have uh, voter registration applications available in our lobby. Uh, you'll be able to vote or uh, to change your registration, update your registration, or just register for the first time. So, Michelle, someone wants to learn more about you because we obviously can't cover everything yeah, here yeah. today. But they want to learn more about you. Where can they do that? Well, my website has a, a great deal of my platform up, michellemortensen.com, and that's S-E-N, not S-O-N for the sun. Um, I'm on Facebook at uh, Michelle M. Mortensen, and I'm at mm-hmm. Twitter at uh, tell underscore Michelle underscore. So great places to have conversations. And then just one final pitch. You know, I believe there's over uh, 90,000, 100,000 registered Republicans yes. in the district. Yes. But I think it was last cycle, uh, only about 33,000 voted in the primary. And we're estimating even less. So wow. if, that, if that concerns you, please do get out and vote. Yeah, make sure you're registered. Make sure your voice is heard. This is your opportunity. It's your responsibility as an American. So thank you, Michelle. We appreciate you being here today, and we wish you the best of luck in your candidacy and uh, and on uh, whatever day the primary is, June... June 12th. June 12th. There we go. All right. All right. Thanks, Michelle. We'll talk with you again soon. Thank you. All right, we're back. I'm Crystal Heath. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church. All right, so I know yesterday I mentioned that we were going to talk about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and what's the big deal and what is all this issue with privacy and stuff, what's happening with all of this. And I had every intention of doing so, but uh, ended up on a last-minute drive through the desert back and forth to California for most of the day. Yesterday didn't get back until late last night, so I did not have time Uh, to put anything together with regards to uh, the whole Zuckerberg issue. So 
Um, instead of talking about Zuckerberg, because I just didn't have time to prep it, like I could just go off the top of my head, but I don't want to do that to you guys because I, it's, believe me, I'm better if I actually think about something before I talk about it. So instead, we're going to talk about something that I didn't get to last week that I wanted to mention, and this is for uh, you parents. You need to know about these things that are called affinity-based apps. I, I don't think we've talked about this yet, and we need to. See, affinity-based apps uh, are apps that are specifically designed to let you uh, explore and discover and connect with people of like interests that you wouldn't otherwise know. Okay, And I, I apologize, we may have already talked about this. I can't remember, but if I didn't, I want to make sure you parents are aware of it. So we're just going to dive into it again today. I, again, sorry if I already did this, but uh, it's been a long day, night, and basically throwing this out here so <laughs> so affinity based apps this is how it works if you like dinosaurs they'll connect you to thousands if not millions of other people around the world who also like dinosaurs if you like studying the milky way you like collecting stamps you like eating a chuck e cheese pick your passion the affinity based apps have an online community uh for you and there are there are two main types of affinity apps the two main affinity apps are called Amino and Musical.ly. Okay, Amino and Musical.ly. If your child has either one of these apps, you need to listen up. And even if they don't, you need to listen up because it's possible they might get one soon. The thing with these types of apps is that they will connect your child to a community that may seem harmless and in and of itself might be harmless. All right, so they're talking about dinosaurs. No big deal. But... From that connection to fellow like-minded dinosaur lovers, there are hundreds of launching points to alternative interests. So, for example, there was a father at a recent event where affinity apps were being discussed, and he shared that in just three clicks of his 10-year-old daughter's Amino account, he found unmoderated discussions about sexual identity, pansexuality, bulimia, anorexia, and suicide. Okay, so this is how it works. You log in, you're like, ooh, let me talk to all my dinosaur friend people. And then the app tells you, oh, if you like this, you might also like this. And so then you click there. And then they say, oh, if you like this, you might also like this. Click there. And this dad was saying in three clicks, he was someplace where not only should he not be, but he definitely didn't want his 10-year-old daughter to be. Okay? Not that, and it's, he wasn't saying that his daughter had necessarily even been any part of those discussions or those communities that he ended up in, but that her logging into her app to simply look at the interest groups that she was interested in as a 10-year-old, that these apps then would prompt her to go here, go here, go here, go here, and without any malicious intent or even, in, even desire uh, to be anywhere other than, you know, looking at talking to people about dinosaurs or whatever, she could end up somewhere she did not want to be. And these forums on Amino and Musical.ly, which just sounds like a harmless, harmless music program, but you need to check it out. It's called an affinity app. And the forums around these uh, affinity apps are pretty much unregulated. And parents, because this is a family program, I'm not going to get into the many, many... Uh, accounts of other hurt children and incidents that have happened and heartbroken parents because of issues with these affinity apps. I mean, but let me just tell you, you've got hardcore porn streaming live, you've got excessive and extreme cyberbullying, a myriad of things that I can't and won't discuss right now, but what I am going to suggest is that if you are a parent or if you are responsible for a child who has access to the internet in any way whatsoever, but specifically via their own devices, then you need to visit breakpoint.org slash free. 
Okay, breakpoint.org slash free. Breakpoint is a ministry of the Chuck Colson Center for World Worldview. Uh, we air their radio segments on this station, and right now they are giving away a free digital guide for parents to help you understand Affinity apps, what's out there, how you can interact with them, what you should know about them, what you can do about them, how to talk to your children about them, all right? Breakpoint.org slash free. I highly, highly, highly recommend this resource and this ministry. Really a lot of wisdom here, and I would encourage you, please download this guide and educate yourself about the perils of these apps. You need to know what's going on in your child's digital world and understand how to discuss it uh, with them. So breakpoint.org slash free. You need to learn about, know about Affinity apps, okay? Breakpoint.org slash free. Unfortunately, that's all the time that I have left for today. I'm sorry that we didn't get to the Mark Zuckerberg thing. I still have it on the list, though. We are going to discuss this because everyone's kind of like, oh, Zuckerberg's in Senate. What's happened with Facebook? Oh, is Facebook evil? Is this it? what? What? Huh? So we're going to talk about all of that. I just didn't have time to prepare it like I would have liked to to present it to you today. So we will talk about it, just not yet. Tomorrow is Fun Friday, which means we're going to give some things away, hopefully, and uh, just talk about some fun, exciting, different, cool stories. So I hope you'll join us again tomorrow as well. Thanks so much for being with us today. Don't forget to join us for church this Sunday, 930 or 1115 here at Liberty. Our address is 6501 West Lake Mead. Boulevard. We're on the corner of Rainbow and Make Rainbow and Make Mead? No. Rainbow and Lake Mead. <laughs> Caddy Corner from the Best Buy. And we would love to have you and your family here with us. Can't join us in person? Stream us online by visiting our website at experienceliberty.com. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, have a great day, everyone.